I V M. A niche thing explores subcultures around us that make for great interests and hobbies. These range from topics like affordable art to exploring the world of coffee, hi-fi, sneakers, watches, vintage fashion, where the list goes on and on. It's a podcast with something for everyone. So let the conversation begin. On today's episode of Anish Thing, I spoke with Ashton. Ashton is the habit coach. He's done over 800 podcast episodes and we were talking about intermittent fasting. It's a subject both of us are very passionate about. We're actually both very passionate about biohacking and this is somewhere in that realm. We speak about how to get into intermittent fasting, why do intermittent fasting at all? Our personal experiences going all the way up from 16 hours to a 5 day fast. Having said that, we're not medical practitioners, so please take your doctor's advice before doing anything. Welcome to the show Ashton. Good to have you finally. Thank you. Very excited. We've spoken about a lot of these things during bunch of our uh, meetings at Soho and intermittent fasting is something common between uh, our experiences and I wanted to talk and I wanted to talk about that today. So let's start with your journey into IF. How did that come about? How long has it been? And you recently did a 5 day fast five which days. I also want to get into. Yeah, 120 hours. That That's was... crazy. So intermittent fasting started about nine years for me. So it's been a while, and uh, it started with the way that typically people think about intermittent fasting, which is fat loss, right? I by that point of time done everything under the planet: Atkins diet, high carb, low carb, this, that, everything, and nothing seemed to fit. Finally, one friend of mine from America sent me one article by this person called Dr. Sarah Solomon, who right now does not promote intermittent fasting, but that time she did. and i said okay let me try what's the worst that can happen and it said that start with 16 hours so there was no gradually nothing so we started 16 hours and back then 9 years ago when you said the word fasting people thought that you know you're doing it for a for getting a good husband getting religious, a good wife religious reasons mostly religious reasons yeah. right and then i said no no every day i do this for 16 hours ashtin are you mad you're going to faint on the middle of the road please don't drive harsh huh? then like if you're driving then and there were just so much concern from everybody around now in retrospect it's hilarious right i used to go for client meetings and say sorry i can't have this because i'm fasting and they would be like but you look normal to me you, you want know? something special <laughs> you want something like it's crazy like how are you not dying in front of me no so it was really funny back then and i fell in love with fasting at that point of time because it was the only thing that made a difference to the way that i felt not just fat loss wise that of, of course happened but energy wise as well because you know we don't realize just how much we are fueled right and if there is a car that is full of fuel it is technically slower than a car that has less fuel in it right in, in formula 1 we yeah, see yeah. this all the time right yeah. you're slow in the beginning fast at the end why because you're carrying so much so it's the same way you're sluggish in the beginning obviously it's not because of the weight but you're sluggish in the beginning and after a while when you start you know not being fueled by sugar so much you're actually full of energy and that's what i loved my brain was working better and all those elements work together and then slowly slowly you start learning a little bit more about fasting then you go into saying from 16 hours let's do 18 hours let's do 20 then you do your first 24 hours and you slowly progress through this uh, you know this whole gambit and then once ramzan was going on so i said you know best opportunity 
I will eat only after sunset. So then I did that whole one meal a day kind yeah. of thing. So it wasn't breakfast that I did. I just did one meal at night. And I felt my body feel so good just doing that. So that is generally how the fasting journey of mine has started. And then obviously did two days, three days, four days, and then five days. And we'll deep dive into each of yeah. them because different things happen in each of them. So my journey is pretty similar. I think I've been doing IF for about seven, eight years now. And exactly the same thing. People would be like, is there something wrong? Are you doing this for a religious thing? And the fat loss thing works. There is no two ways about it. At least for me, it's worked brilliantly. I would not advise anyone to do IF and in their uh, feeding window eat junk, but I've lost weight eating junk. And as long as you're in your calorie deficit and IF, it's just worked. But the bigger thing is that it's become a lifestyle. Yeah, It's a day-to-day. I'll end up doing IF four, five times a week, easy, without even realizing because that's how I'm programmed now. And now the thought of, you know, eating five small meals a day, that's an alien concept. I can't imagine why would you spend so much time, effort, Eating and I feel sluggish if I eat during the day. I have a big lunch. I want to go sleep. There is no way I'm alert or working. So that focus bit definitely 100% is the reason I'm also so much into IF. And I've had my biggest uh, gym uh, lifts in the gym. I've had my fastest runs, everything faster. Yeah. And this whole misconception that we have to just keep eating every few hours and get fueled and stuff. Like you said, you're faster when you have less stuff in your system. You know, in fact, it's so interesting that we have this whole pre-workout that we need to have, right? Your pre-workout is designed to make your energy systems work more efficiently, right? So, for example, you have your black coffee so that it doesn't tire you out. So, black coffee has this thing called adenosine as an inhibitor, right? So, it prevents you from getting tired. Now, not to have black coffee with sugar because then you're spiking. Correct. Right? Not to have that banana before going into the gym. Not to have a bowl bowl of or- porridge, etc. Because that is, then you're taking away from your energy for the lift and it's going into your digestion. Correct. You're just digesting. And uh, we were discussing this earlier, at least when I when I started working out uh, weight training. So I used to be very, very thin. I was a little under 50 kgs. Okay. So I had to, wow. Yeah. I, I was really, really thin. Uh, dangerously unhealthy thin. So uh, I had to weight train and hard gainer so it was tough to gain muscle but you came with this uh, knowledge from every trainer that eat three hours before and then half an hour before have another banana shake with some protein and some uh, peanut butter and stuff and so much focus just went in that and it's not like we were doing two hour three hour workouts right Arnold Schwarzenegger level or something you're doing a 45 minute workout why are we fueling up so much but yeah thankfully all of that has changed uh, changed now and coffee is my pre-workout of choice it's that the best. just works yeah like when i work out with my bodybuilder friends they do this pre-workout thing like you said yeah. two hours they're in the gym you would die yeah right <laughs> at that and, intensity and yeah. that volume right it's yeah. crazy we are not yeah, we are not <laughs> yeah. so you don't need to do that so coming to intermittent fasting protocols and like how you said you know right different protocols different duration does different things to you let's get into that so the first thing on why we fast. I think it's important to get into why we do intermittent fasting per se. So it's very interesting that the whole game around intermittent fasting is around this one hormone called insulin. Okay. Everything's about insulin because what's fascinating is that the body has four different hormones to raise blood sugar, but only one to bring it down. Okay. So we got... uh, uh, glucagon, we've got ad- uh, adrenal, we've got cortisol, we've got HGH, all rays are glucose, but insulin is the only one that brings it down. So our body is designed to be raising our blood sugar. 
that's what we don't get right so we're constantly eating which is anyways raising our blood sugar our body does not need that our body in fact needs to use its own stores of sugar which is all the food that we've got in the past all that we've already eaten and what we do when we're doing intermittent fasting is multiple changes start taking place in the body the biggest is that it stabilizes our blood sugar level so you know back in the days before apna continuous glucose monitors whenever i used to do a fast i used to poke myself like two three times a day with the with a old yeah. glucometer checking it out i remember the first time i did a 48 hour fast i thought i would die 48 hours fast i was constantly checking it out what's happening checking pulse and all of that now it's just so easy to do these things and um, i can deep dive into c- yeah, cgm also that is pricking it, yourself four, four four times a day to check if everything's okay nah, it's, it's 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 a pain in the ass you do one one finger next finger next finger next finger so anyway so you start doing that and you start seeing how your blood sugar stabilizes over a period of time the next aspect of it is that when you are doing a 16 hour fast you are working on making sure your blood sugar is stable but the second important thing is that you're making sure that your body is using its reserves okay when you're constantly eating you're using the food that you've just eaten you're never using the reserves that you have and by reserves i mean what we want to get rid of which is the fat on our body okay so when you're doing that 16 hour window that 18 hour window it is primarily from your insulin and fat response point of view okay so that is your fat loss kind of fasting when you slowly move to a little bit more than 18 hours is when you start getting into different aspects of fasting and different changes that take place in our body so one of the main ones that you do long fasting for is something called autophagy autophagy is when your body consumes its own cells so auto own phagy consumption and what it is is basically it's eating up all the cells that have stopped working right these are called senescent cells cells that are gone senile okay and what happens is that if the body is being continuously fueled it says that i don't need to get rid of them bichare let them continue living what is the point but now when you remove the food they're like are right this town ain't big enough for all of us okay so it starts eating up all these old cells and starts consuming them and using them as nutrition so what you're doing is you're replenishing the body with newer better quality cells when you do longer fasts and guys my surname is doctor I am not a doctor so please don't take any of this as medical advice. Correct should... please yeah. Any anything on this episode are is our personal experiences. Yeah. So <laughs> hold me against it. Okay? But what's interesting and do your own research. Always do your own research. So what's interesting is that a large number of studies have been done on fasting and cancer because it you know helps getting rid of these cells that are cancerous in nature. Your tumors, all of those and you're seeing a lot of changes taking place in that so that's what happens when you do a longer fast then once you start hitting the 3 day mark is when something interesting happens in the brain our brain starts producing something known as bdnf brain derived nootropic factor so all throughout our school all throughout college we were taught this one thing our brain is the only organ that does not grow it does not change it is the same now we know that it does grow it does change and when bdnf comes in it is actually what promotes growth in our body and bdnf comes from fasting bdnf comes from uh, lifting in the gym as well so you get those two benefits that take place and bdnf why because when we are in a state of fasting and hunger our body is trying to make us smart enough to go find food so it is a defense mechanism that is taking place that is beneficial for us so bdnf grows which is a fantastic thing 
Even growth hormone, right? Your growth hormone HGH secretion. starts, correct. HGH starts at around uh, the 48 hour yeah. mark. It it goes 400 times what it normally yeah. should be. So HGH is a human growth hormone, which is what everybody who goes to the gym is after correct, because yeah. it helps you grow your muscle, etc. And the reason why HGH comes out is fascinating, Anish, because your body doesn't want to consume the muscle that it already has. Correct? So it's releasing HGH so that it maintains its muscle mass. One of the big worries that people have when they get down this whole fasting route is that, will I lose my muscle? Oh, people behave like you suddenly overnight are going to lose so much muscle. You're going to shrink. Yeah. Right? And you will technically shrink. Like for example, when I did my five-day fast, I shrunk, but it wasn't muscle that disappeared. It was glycogen in the muscle or the sugar in the muscle that disappeared. So yes, you do look smaller, but once you start eating again, you puff up. Uh, I want to touch upon the the muscle loss misconception, I think, because I do a lot of weight training. So you are weight training to build strength and somewhere big build muscle. And you can do that if you do IF all the time, there's absolutely no problem. I think what people also need to understand is that because you're doing IF doesn't mean you're not getting your nutrition. You, you still have to get your nutrition. Uh, whether you do 16 or you do one meal a day or whichever protocol you follow, when it comes to refueling, nutrition is extremely important. I've spoken one thing about misconception already. You want to talk a few more things yeah, yeah. like that right now and then we can get into things you can do easily like getting into a 16 hour fast mm-hmm. building up to your 5 uh, we can, 5 we can, day fast what I like to do with, with some of the guests is you say one misconception I'll say one misconception and we can yeah, have cool. one okay Jugalbandi. okay so now that I've spoken about a misconception why don't you tell me one so one of my favorite ones is how will I go to sleep won't I go to sleep hungry you know like when you stop eating at 6 o'clock say people say won't I go to sleep hungry And again, we don't realize that sleep is not a function of your hunger. It is a mindset. And we think that just because my stomach is doing good, 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 it means I'm not going to get sleep. So there's no such thing. If I eat at five, I still sleep like a baby at 10. So I'm perfectly fine. For me, one question I get asked a lot is that there is no ways I cannot eat in the morning. I have to have breakfast. Otherwise, I will not have any energy. And I was like, have you ever tried it? I'm not saying try it for one day, but try it for a few days and see how it affects, right? So breakfast myth, uh, myth that we're busting. Breakfast is the most important meal of the oh day. Man, Eat a, breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen and, and dinner, dinner like, like a, a popper and all of that. Nonsense. It was a marketing gimmick from your oat companies. Propaganda this, from the 80s or something. Yeah, this was, this was before conflicts. So oat companies had started these uh, breakfast like a king. People did not have breakfast. Breakfast was not a thing. There is no word for breakfast in any... Um, traditional society. What is the word for breakfast in Hindi? Nashta. Nashta means snack. Right? So there's no word for breakfast. So as a result, breakfast didn't exist. Yeah. You know, when you meet people and they're like, yeah, I, I like to have a breakfast and then I have to have my lunch at one o'clock. I think you just ate. You had your breakfast at nine. Now you're having another meal at 12. The other uh, one misconception is, again, this is to uh, not do with weight training, but with running. That I have to eat before my runs. And if you're doing a 5K, which I assume a lot of people that I talk to, they're doing a 5K. You can absolutely do a 5K on a fasted state. There's absolutely no problem. And again, personal experience, I'll do a faster 5K fasted than having to eat three hours before. Correct. Because when you're doing a 5K, you're relying on cardiovascular energy, right? So it is more oxygen energy than glucose energy. When you're doing a slow walk, 
which is basically a stroll, you're relying more on your glycogen reserves. So it's actually interesting in that way. Like, for example, if you want to do fat loss, don't do a 5K run. If you want fat loss as a goal, do a 5K very slow walk as if you're walking with a three-year-old, right? In a fasted state. And you will just see how your body responds. This is a little digressing from uh, intermittent fasting, but I think walking is something that I neglected so much in my life. I was like, I'll sprint and I'll do my 5K or I'll do a much faster 3K. Go hard, go home. No, that, yeah. that mentality. But my slow and steady cardio, at least for me, just works so well. Yeah, it works. Uh, like f- from down. a fat loss uh, point of view. In fact, fasting plus walking yeah. is brilliant. You know, like we were talking about fasting plus training. Yeah. So fasting plus walking, amazing. Fasting plus weight training, amazing. Yeah. Because both are glycogen yeah. glucose pathways. They're not cardiovascular. Let's talk about the different uh, fasting protocols or windows leading up to your five-day fast. Okay, lovely. So... There are two aspects when it comes to what are the kinds of fast that we can do. So the first kind of fast is when people say nothing but water. Okay, so that means no black coffee, nothing else. However, because we know that we are fasting only from an insulin point of view, so anything that does not raise insulin technically can be had in a fast. So as a result, then we get into black coffee is allowed, green tea is allowed during your fasting window. After that, you can do what is called a bone broth fast, which is a higher fat percentage. It does have a little amino acid and protein in it. So it does affect insulin, but not dramatically. So then you have bone broth fasts. And these are typically the things that you can consume. You can consume apple cider vinegar as well in your fasting window. Because normally when people say, nothing you're going to eat. But what can I eat during a fast? It's like dakkan, the idea of a fast is that Correct. you don't eat anything. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, so people sometimes want to know what they can consume. So this is stuff that you can consume and you choose what you're going to be doing. Then comes the different timing protocols. Now, the important thing is that fasting is called time-restricted eating, not calorie-restricted eating. Okay, so when you're eating, you eat as much as you want from a maintenance calories or whatever calorie point of view. However, the, the starting point for any fasting, I would say is 12 hours. Many people can't even do 12 hours because they're so used to eating at 12 in the night and 7 in the morning when they wake up. So they don't even get 12 hours of fasting. So I first tell people as a habit, guys, reduce the time when you, you know, you eat at night. Try and at least get those 12 hours in. If 12 hours is easy, start off with 14 hours. If 14 hours is easy, do 16 hours. Because 16 hours is where that magic starts taking place. 16 hours is where your body starts switching to fat usage, all of that. Then once 16 hours is easy, move to 18. And for most of us, between 16 and 18 is the perfect window that we need to hang around in. Sometimes you do 16, sometimes you want to skip and you want to have a later lunch, you do 18. You want to have an earlier dinner, you do 18. Perfectly fine. Once in a while, either once a week or once in two weeks, what I suggest is do a 24-hour fast. Now, what does a 24-hour fast do? It pushes you into that ketogenic window. The ketogenic, we haven't spoken about ketosis on the podcast yet, but the whole idea is how do you teach your body to stop consuming the sugar in your uh, in your system and start sh- consuming the fat that is stored, okay? And this transition takes place once all the sugar has been, not all, but most of the sugar has been used up. And then your mitochondria starts consuming the ATP that's being generated from a state of ketosis. Now, what's interesting is that the mitochondria or your body has to be trained to get into the state of ketosis because it's forgotten. We've not fed it. We've constantly fed it and has so much sugar that it's, you know, it's like, ye bhi kar sakte hai. Yeah. I can do this also. Wow. Okay. So we have to teach the body that it can. And this 18 hour to the 24 hour window is perfect for doing that. 
So once a once a week, once in two weeks, twenty-four hours, I think is a great idea. Then comes forty-eight, the dreaded forty-eight, because what happens between the twenty-four and the forty-eight window is that your body starts producing this hormone called ghrelin. Now, ghrelin is your hunger hormone. Okay, it sounds like that only ghrelin. I'm hungry, right? So ghrelin is that hunger hormone that makes you search out for food, right? And it's saying in forty-eight hours, Baba, you better. bring the earth I means sky down go out and get food so when you're doing a long fast this 48 hour mark is the deadly one where you suddenly start feeling hungry you don't know where you are and all of that starts happening but something amazing happens after 48 your body suddenly becomes peaceful ghrelin has stopped it has left your system hunger has left your system now you are in a state of complete peace You don't need food. Somebody sitting on the table and eating with you. You don't doesn't even matter. care. Doesn't matter. Nothing. And then that state of uh, being at peace lasts for up till your five day mark, right? Why up to your five day mark? Because then you are starting to wonder, ah, now what will I eat and break my fast with? And then you just basically, you know, shoot yourself in the foot. But the idea is that that three to four day mark is very very peaceful because there's no nothing pulling you. Your energy levels are stable. and it's a great place to be i typically like doing a 3 day to a 4 day fast once in a while i do a 5 day fast but otherwise not the first time i did a 5 day fast was at my farm when i thought that i farm at my farm had less temptations to but what i didn't realize was my cousin was there with his guju wife and all we spoke about was what thepla we going to have <laughs> after this what patreya we going to have after this and it was complete disaster it was too funny But yeah, so that was the way that I did my first. I think that was actually a three-day fast. I did my first three-day fast that way, and uh, I've been doing one long fast every three or four months. So this five-day fast, uh, physically uh, and mentally, two aspects, right? How were you mentally in terms of focus and work and stuff, and uh, how was your energy level physically? Because I, I think I did see you on the treadmill or something like that. So uh, both aspects. How were those beyond the forty-eight hour mark? So going to the gym is a regular thing. So I would continue going to the gym through my fasting window. At the forty-eight hour mark, you are low on energy. Okay, at the forty-eight hour mark, you are brain foggy, can't focus. But that quickly changes and that quickly shifts. What's interesting is that when you're doing a long fast, your body is consuming fat. Fat is where toxins are stored. Okay, so it's interesting that when you go on a high fat loss diet and you lose a lot of fat fast, you start falling sick fast because all those toxins are coming out in your body, and there are lots of different protocols and maybe like you know using chlorella etc. to absorb these things, and we won't get into that aspect. It's a it's a wormhole in its own, but the idea is that you will feel strange feelings. It could also be because it's these toxins coming out from your fat. But overall, you you actually peaceful. Like people keep asking me, how was it five day? I was like peaceful. You're not running around. Where's my next meal coming from? Okay. Although, like maybe you saw it on my Instagram stories, YouTube was being a complete pain because YouTube was only showing me food stories. And then because after you watch three of them, it's obviously going to be like endless flow. I think we saw some sixty five videos of food on that one day. So I've done a bunch of. Uh, my idea usually was once a month do a forty eight hour fast. and uh, for me personally the 30 to 36 hour range that's when i feel hungry and the moment you cross that it really doesn't matter yeah. and uh, i think the last long fast i did was about 54 hours 
and I had to break it because I had to go for a wine tasting. Mm-hmm. I was like, now I have to. Oh, you broke it at the wine tasting. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. I was like, <laughs> I have to break this properly to for, to do that in the evening. But I could have easily gone on. Yeah. And you just don't feel hungry. Yeah. And there was no issue with energy levels or anything. This is one moment that comes. So, like, say you have your you set it at you know hundred and twenty hours or hundred hours, right? At around ninety five, you will say that. You know, actually, I could do one more day. Yeah, exactly. You know, should I just do one more day? Should I just do? <laughs> it's quite funny. But sixteen eight uh, and eighteen uh, six, I think those for me are very easy to do on a regular basis. And because I work a lot in the F and B space, and a lot of things are mostly towards the end of the day or evening events, tastings, all of those kind of things. For me, it's very easy to stop eating at twelve at night, and then eat the next day at six. Mm-hmm. Two black coffees in the day. At office or whatever, and I'm good. There's no scope of feeling hungry or anything. Fantastic. So your first meal would be evening six. Yeah, evening six. Ideally, work out before. Mm. Work out at five. Break it with a protein shake and some more things, and mm. done. Perfect. Interesting. Sleep wise, you're fine after. Oh, sleep wise, I'm great. After twelve o'clock, uh, I need I need my seven eight hours sleep, no matter <laughs> what. So sleep wise, it's it, it's all good, and. Again, you have to. Those kind of things don't go away, right? Your quality of nutrition, your quality of sleep, all yeah. those things have to happen. Correct. Uh, if you go on this mad IF thing just to lose weight and from a fat loss point of view, and you don't do any of those other things, it somewhere will no, but uh, like come me, crashing. I done the same thing that you did. I was like, now that I'm fasting, I can have cupcakes, right? And I would do brownies, cupcakes every single day. But then you realize that if you're spending so much energy and time on your health. Then you realize that it's not about the calories that you're having in that cupcake. That is the least of my concerns. It's the inflammation that you feel afterwards, right? It is all the other junk that that body that that food's doing to you that you want out of your system. You want to be nice and clean. You want to be efficient. The CGM angle is super interesting because uh, one thing that brought about uh, something I learned was that if I'm fasting, at least my protocol mostly is 18 hours. Even if I eat junk after that, something is just Those so house cookies are so good with the coffee, just like four of those, or something even with more sugar. My my sugars are absolutely stable. Yeah, for a decent amount of time, unless I really go berserk and you know, eat too much sugar. And this is something again, always learned, uh, always heard about, but seeing it on the CGM was just proved that further. It fasting does make a make a decent difference. And he's so lucky that you know we have good quality CGMs now. Like four years ago, five years ago, when I was using the other one, I had to manually track what I've eaten, write it down in a book, compare notes, measure it every single day. It was a pain, and the quality of the. But one thing I also learned so was uh, black coffee once did spike my sugar, hmm. and how you said four things can spike, Cortisol. right? So yeah, too much coffee. Uh, I was pretty jittery and nervous. Uh, that led to yeah. anxiety and distress, and cortisol went up, and uh, blood sugar went up. You'll notice a spike every morning as well, right? Even though you're in a fasted state, yeah. and that again is cortisol because that is the cortisol that is used to wake you up in the morning. So it'll be interesting for you to see when it happens in your morning. Is it when you wake up? Is it still when you're fast asleep? Because all of us will have a little yeah. spike, and then it yeah. grows up. Yeah, but uh, I never imagined that black coffee could do that, but. Yeah, one thing led to another, and that happened. You should check out what happens to blood sugar on a stressful day. Next, I have, hmm. and I've actually seen that like a, a really stressful call, and that call was like a half an hour call, and fifteen minutes in, I can see a difference. You can see a spike, right? Yeah, your body is so intelligent; it is getting used to you either fighting or flying or, or, or fleeing. 
right so as a result it is telling you okay baba get ready get ready get ready and these are things you hear that you know stress does this stress does that and you, when you see it on an app actually happen live you're like okay you know what i need to calm down a little yeah. bit yeah it's very very fascinating it's a small thing but i have given up on uh, whatsapp for work hmm. i like these are just small small stresses i don't want anymore interesting yeah like so no no work, work stuff on whatsapp email email my whatsapp status is please email like <laughs> not replying to whatsapp for work anyways coming back to intermittent fasting what does if also do for your uh, gut biome uh, something we really don't end up talking much about so it's interesting that one of the main benefits for fasting is to give your gut a break so what we don't realize is that every time we eat food we are technically putting a foreign object into our body right we normally think of food as oh it's nourishing no guys it's a foreign object that is entering your body and your body wants to get rid of that foreign object as fast as possible it's like you know when a sliver of wood gets stuck in your finger and you want to get it out it's the same way that your body is processing that food it wants to get it out as fast as possible and if you're constantly eating it means that you're constantly stressing the body in that way when you're giving your body that break of 16 hours 18 hours 24 hours 48 hours is that your body is now having time to repair the lining of the gut etc shorter fasts 16 hours 18 hours etc don't have a effect on the gut microbiome per se it helps because there's no sugar so the bad bacteria that are sugar eaters reduces um however when you do a, f- a long 5 day fast I believe that there is a shift that takes place in your microbiome because there's a large part of the gut bacteria that die off. And uh this time around I did a gut microbiome test at the end of it. So the results will come probably in a couple of weeks. So we'll do a follow up and I'll tell you about what has happened and we'll probably put it up on our Instagram and we can share it. But it's interesting because they've never had somebody do a 5-day fast and check. So we are all now very excited to see what happens to our microbiome after a 5-day yeah, fast. Yeah, from whatever I've read you do it a lot of it dies and then comes back stronger or Correct. in a better way again yeah something and, you and just it depends on what you refeed with yeah. you know what we don't realize is that the refeeding window is as important as the fasting window so if you are like the first time i did the 3 day fast because i was only thinking theplas and ghatias and fafras that's what i ate after i finished my fast big mistake yeah. but this time around it was a more you know sensible approach to what i was eating and getting back into place so, so this also plays into the whole detox uh, conversation you know uh, when i hear people say i am doing a detox and i'm having this tea i was like okay that is that to me is more notional uh, detox than actually doing if and when autophagy and stuff like that kicks in any thoughts on that like w- what is detox uh, that versus actually if detox out in detox detox teas detox this detox that complete rubbish because your body is designed only for detoxing right there are exactly. so many ways detox. to detox sweat is a detox so for example going to a sauna is a far better thing of detoxing than having a tea right fasting of course because you're not putting more toxins in is helping your body detox so it's not putting in junk as a result it's easier to get rid of the junk that's there already and apart from that there are so many other more important molecules than you know like for example getting the right kind of antioxidants is far more important the right kind of polyphenols far more important than detox these <laughs> we have a lot more to discuss about if and we'll do that after these short messages all right we're back to discuss intermittent fasting one thing i also got wondering was that pretty much every religion has some sort of intermittent fasting 
you know i, I always joke about this because every religion has some form of fasting except mine which is like zoroastrianism <laughs> zoroastrianism has no concept of fasting except one month we will go vegetarian that is our concept of fasting but anyway i'm sure at some point of time we also had it and it's gone you know we normally think of fasting in from a religious point of view as penance or from a, a point of view of you know we are sacrificing something but what we don't realize that all these religions also added this as a health re- oriented reason for doing this right it is your body's way of saying you've gone through indulgences now let's repair and i think that's a good way of thinking about all our fasting and even when we do a religious fast um the funny thing was when i was doing my 5 day fast was when the jains were doing the pajushan right and everybody was saying my aunt is doing 9 days you are doing 5 days is <laughs> that <laughs> like, guys is not, not a competition, a competition. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like what i appreciate about uh, pajushan and all was they're saying that yeah but we do everything we still you know go out to work we do this and all of that and that is how we should be thinking about fasting yeah. you know it's not that when i'm doing a long fast i'm lying in bed people are coming and pampering me dude i'm at work or i'm at the gym or i'm recording podcasts right i was recording podcasts on my fifth day yeah it's life goes on yeah life goes on and it is perfectly normal in that context it is just that you're not continuously eating and since i'm a habit coach obviously i know that eating and hunger is a habit right it is not that we actually feel hungry it is just that it's a habit of hunger i've also seen uh, again this is something personal but in my mother's case uh, she was diabetic uh, her blood sugars have like everything's just become so much better with about 2 years of if can't like regularly big big difference yeah and this is another question you get that if you are pre diabetic or diabetic can you uh, do intermittent fasting in fact when you're pre diabetic you should be doing intermittent fasting so that you don't become diabetic and pre diabetic is a polite way of saying diabetic yeah. right you're pretty like much you, there dude you're there it's just that we're trying to be polite when saying pre diabetic you must take it seriously right even when people say insulin sensitivity all of those things are things that you should be taking seriously fasting helps with that in fact on the habit coach podcast we did two episodes with dr roshni sanghani and she treats her diabetic patients with fasting she is associated with dr jason fung who's the granddaddy of intermittent fasting and and has been t- teaching it for all these years and we refer to his books etc when we talking about fasting obesity code diabetic code etc fantastic books if you're diabetic please 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 read diabetic code it'll put everything in perspective so pre diabetic diabetes my dad as well intermittent fasting has really really helped him intermittent fasting plus a walk yeah yeah same same pretty much how does if affect the uh, sexual drive normal if no difference correct five day fasting i felt there was a drop at day 4 but then day 6 it comes back with a uh, vengeance amazing <laughs> <laughs> just like the gut bacteria just like a gut bacteria so there you go so plan your plan, I, plan your long fast accordingly <laughs> how how do you break your long fast so what i did was i broke it with bone broth so the collagen from the bone broth helps line your gut it has your amino acids it has fat so it has all the elements that are needed for you to uh awaken your uh, gut then what i did was because i'm parsi of course i had eggs because what of else course. would you eat so i had scrambled eggs made with ghee and then i had bindi which although lots of people say you should not be having bindi 
I find bindi very very easy, easy to digest. The sticky substance in bindi helps the gut lining. So from that point of view I had bindi and then because I was watching so many street food videos on YouTube I made my friend order a sada dosa and and, and some pav bhaji and then I took two bites from there to satisfy the YouTube craving. <laughs> YouTube YouTube craving. What about impact on inflammation? Another thing we end up uh, we don't end up talking about and again it goes into more of the fat loss conversation but inflammation is an important aspect as well. Yeah. In fact, inflammation when we think about fasting because we're not causing damage to the body the body is having its time to repair inflammation basically is the way that your body repairs its damage you get hit on the head you get a bump that is nothing but inflammation now imagine that bump happening at a cellular level in your body all your cells are feeling this bump right all your organs are feeling that is basically what we call systemic inflammation systemic inflammation happens because of toxins in our food or too much sugar that we would have when you're not eating sugar inflammation comes down when you're not eating junk inflammation comes down so if helps dramatically in this in fact like i really truly believe almost all of us should be doing our if correct some people are concerned about saying should ladies be doing if should ladies not be doing if one listen to your body two listen to a doctor if a doctor says never listen to a second doctor just like you know making sure that the first doctor is not anti fasting and then take a call on it but the idea is that at least 12 hours do 12 hours is perfectly fine you know i still can't get over this 12 hours story what you've told me how 12 hours is nothing 12 hours would anyways happen but think about it now you eat at 12 o'clock when you go out when people wake up in the morning what is the first thing they do hit the kitchen okay they go to the toilet yeah and then after that they go to the kitchen because i read in a book no you have to have four almonds in the morning correct then you have to have your glass of fruit juice in the morning correct then you have to have those soaked things and it continues and it starts that, so obviously where do 12 hours happen that morning fruit juice can be a episode on its own morning fruit but you know the number of people that that are munching till the time they fall asleep it's crazy i'm one of those though. there you go i'm a, i'm a night eater night eater definitely yeah perfect anything else you want to add in particular The the last thing that I want to share about fasting is that don't be scared of it. Okay, um, when I was doing my five day fast, mom called it everything except fasting. She said, "Ashton, why are you starving?" Right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so don't be scared of fasting. You know, we are so accustomed to food entering our system that by the time we finish our first meal, we're thinking about what you're going to eat next. Our entire day is divided into before lunch, after lunch. before breakfast after breakfast before dinner after dinner we use our meals as our timekeeping units and ultimately that is nothing but the habit that we create in our life if we realize this we have an opportunity to take back control like somebody was asking this to me the other day when i was doing my 5 day fast i was doing a q and a on instagram and i said that i'm doing this so that i'm not dependent on food right we have to remove the dependence on food we have to stop thinking of food as this thing that we must eat or this complete pleasure thing yeah right people say that ashtin you're depriving yourself of pleasure no i'm taking care of my body and that is a higher order priority for me right so don't be scared of fasting don't think that it is something that you're doing as a punishment to yourself do it as something as a celebration for yourself and i think that would be the best way to for all of us to start experiencing it yeah i think 
exactly what you said right people are somewhere scared of of fasting or it's this taboo that you're doing a crash thing for some immediate fat loss uh, when when i did my 54 hours fast i was posting on instagram as well and so many people like dude why are you doing this this is so inconsistent and stuff i was like no it's not i do this quite a bit and i will eat for pleasure also there is a time for that and there is a time for this correct yes other those are pavajis yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, i i want to end by saying that whoever is listening to this if you if you do subscribe to that thing that you have to eat four five times a day or you have to wake up and eat or whatever just try changing things around not once but for a few days and see how the impact yeah. because for me i cannot imagine eating four five times a day that just from a focus point of view i can't think because imagine carrying all those dabbas around with you Right? That's you're the just other like, thing. <laughs> you're going to be focusing on the dabbas and not on your yeah. work or whatever it is that you have. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Uh, any questions? Whoever's listening to this, uh, both of us are fairly active on Instagram. Uh, could I have your handle? Ashdin Doc A S H D I N D O C on and, Instagram. And I'm Anish B. So please reach out to us for anything. And uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll see you next time. Yay! If you like this episode, do write to me on social media. My handle is Anish B on Twitter and Instagram. Tune in next Tuesday for yet another fun episode of Anish Thing on the IVM podcast app and all major podcast platforms.